Developing godly virtues will bring you many blessings, both in this life and in your eternal life, but it doesn't guarantee a trouble-free life. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah wraps up the series Everything You Need by sharing how those qualities that can't keep you free from life's storms can certainly help you weather them. To introduce the conclusion of his message, The Blessing, is David. Friends, we're in the closing moments of our series, Everything You Need, from 2 Peter chapter 1. Today is part two of The Blessing. Tomorrow, we're going to play the interview that I did with Sheila Walsh, which captures the totality of this series. I hope you'll be able to hear that. It will help you understand how this can be useful to you going forward. And don't forget, during this month, we've made available to you a very special resource, a brand new book from the pen of Robert Morgan. Um, This book is called The Mediterranean Sea Rules, reminding you that the same God who governs the weather is the God who guides you through the storms of your life. Ten strategies from this beautiful little book which is based on an exposition of Acts chapter 27, Paul's shipwreck and what happened and the lessons you can learn from that one portion of God's Word. A very special gift book that we'd love for you to have. Rob Morgan's a great writer. You know him already because we have offered his material many times here on Turning Point. Here's the latest, brand new off the printing press, and it's yours for a gift of any size when you make your gift to Turning Point today. Don't forget also, you can get the study guide and the CD package for this whole series. Uh, The study guide's beautiful. It's uh, very organized, eight essential steps to a life of confidence in the promises of God. Please don't forget to get these materials to help you understand this passage of Scripture. The one thing about written materials is they don't ever go away. You put them up on your shelf and they're there when you need them. And I hope you'll take advantage of this opportunity to wrap your arms around the first chapter of 2 Peter, everything you need for life and godliness. Well, here we go with part two of The Blessing. Here is a positive principle from some negative terms. 2 Peter 1.9 says this, He who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. Now listen to this phrase and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Peter makes this astounding statement that if we don't give ourselves to growth and development as Christians, we run the risk of coming to the place where we don't even remember that we have become Christians. Our salvation becomes almost not important to us anymore. Allow me to restate this principle. If you grow in the qualities we've studied, You will never forget how Christ has forgiven you from your past sins. You will keep Calvary in mind, always remembering how Jesus rescued you, restored you, and blessed you, and you will always be excited about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Peter is warning us against a complacent, satisfied faith. Instead, he wants us to keep the joy and thrill of our salvation fresh in our memory. When you are constantly seeking to grow in Christ-like character, you will never lose the delight of what's happened to you as a Christian. I remember years ago, I wrote a book called Captured by Grace. And in that book, I told the story of the great hymn that we all love, Amazing Grace. And it was also the story of John Newton. John Newton wrote the hymn, Amazing Grace, all but the last verse. 
my favorite verse. He didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it. But John Newton, as you may know, was not a good person. At the beginning of the story of his life, he was involved in the evils of slave trade. God saved him through the power of the blood of Christ, and he eventually became one of the greatest preachers and one of the greatest pastors of his age. He joined forces with England's abolitionists and saw slavery banned from the British Empire in 1807. Near the end of his life, John Newton received a visit from a friend, William Jay, who later wrote, I saw Mr. Newton near the closing scene. He was hardly able to talk, and all I find I had noted down upon my leaving him was this. He said, my memory is nearly gone, but I remember two things, that I am a great sinner and that Christ is a great Savior. <laughs> what a way to end your life, amen? If you read the New Testament, you guys, especially the epistles that Paul wrote, I'm sure you'll figure it out someday, but I'll give you a little clue going forward. Paul kept cycling back to the moment when he was converted on the Damascus Road. He gets little mentions of it here and there. He just never forgot what God did for him that day. He never got over it. Have you gotten over what God has done for you? You can get over a lot of things. You can get over loss and sadness and the problems that come with life. But you best never get over what Jesus Christ did for you and has done for you. As you grow in him, you will learn that you have so much more to be thankful. And God will give you a spirit of gratitude. As you're growing, you will become even more grateful for the fact that you call yourself a Christian. Amen. Blessing number one is a godly maturity if these things are yours and abound. Blessing number two is growing productivity. You will not be barren and unfruitful. Blessing number three is greater clarity. You won't be short-sighted even to blindness. Blessing number four is grateful memory. You will never forget when you became a Christian. I tell people, Two things you should think about when you're having communion. Two events. The first event is when Jesus Christ died on the cross paying the penalty for your sin. Ask God to bring that memory fresh to your mind. And the second is when you believe that for the first time and became a Christian. Don't ever, ever forget what he's done for you. The more you meditate on God's blessing to make you a Christian, the more you will want to be the most effective Christian you can be. So we have four so far. Godly maturity, growing productivity, greater clarity, and a grateful memory. Here's number five, genuine stability. Therefore, brethren, 2 Peter 1.10, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. To make it certain set your minds on endorsing by your conduct the fact that God has called and chosen you. Now, one of the big problems a lot of Christians have today, I don't know why it's this way. I don't remember it being this way when I first started. A lot of Christians struggle with the assurance of their faith. They remember that one day they accepted Christ, 
but then maybe some other things have happened and they haven't walked as closely as they should and then they come and say, Pastor, how can I know for sure if I'm a Christian? Do you ever have that thought? In Peter's day and many in our day as well, there were a lot of false teachers who would come along and they would teach wrong doctrine and they would confuse the believers to the fact that some of them were so confused they didn't know what they were doing. Peter says this, when you are constantly growing, and let's go back and remember, you're adding to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to your knowledge self-control and to your self-control perseverance and to your perseverance godliness and to your godliness brotherly kindness and to your brotherly kindness love. When you're growing in those things, even a few of them, maybe just two or one of them, when you're growing in those things, that gives you the confidence that you truly are a Christian. It underlines the assurance of your faith. I mean, how could I be growing in something if it's not even true in me? Your daily growth, your regular growth, your discipline, your discipleship, Peter said it in a different way. It makes your call and your election sure. So important for you to have a calling and an election that is sure. So there's that one. And let's go to my favorite one of all, which is number six. Guaranteed security. For if you do these things, this is one of the reasons why I wrote this book. It's this verse that got me. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Oh, God, I don't want to stumble. I see people stumbling all over the place. It's pretty ugly, isn't it? You don't want to be a stumbler. That doesn't mean you won't ever not sin again. That's crazy. We all sin. But to stumble is to fall off everything that you believed and do something that's totally in opposition to what you claim and lose your influence for God and lose your testimony. I have so many friends over the years to whom that has happened. And when I saw that, I said, Lord, there's something I can do that will make sure, that will guarantee for me that I will never stumble. And you know what he said? Give yourself to these things. If you give yourself to these things, you will never stumble. In other words, you will never stumble on the highway to God's home. You will never tumble off the edge of the cliff and be lost. Peter doesn't mean you'll never make a mistake or commit a sin. It means your progress in the faith will serve as reassurance of your salvation. As you're moving forward and these things are being added to your life, you won't be going to the pastor every other week saying, how can I be sure that I'm saved? Because the very essence of your growth in Christ will be the absolute proof that you are a believer. Amen. Listen. Over, over these last few years, I've been asking God to help me develop friendships with some younger guys who preach the gospel. And he has. He's given me some good friends. One guy is a pastor by the name of J.D. Greer. J.D. has quite a story about his life. He said one Saturday morning when he was four or five, he approached his parents about heaven. And they explained the gospel to him and he asked Jesus to come into his life. And his parents and his pastor felt it was a sincere decision and they wrote the date in his Bible. And he said, I lived in peace about that for about 10 years. 
But in the ninth grade, he heard his Sunday school teacher say that many who think they're saved will awaken on the judgment day, and they will hear Jesus say he never knew them. And I was terrified, said J.D. Greer. Would I be one of those that were turned away? He asked Jesus to come into his heart again, this time with a resolve to be much more intentional about his faith. He was baptized again, but again, new doubts arose. He prayed the sinner's prayer again and again. He said, I walked a lot of aisles during those days. I think I have been saved at least once in every denomination. <laughs> he said, in all, he was baptized four times. Honestly, it got pretty embarrassing. I became a staple at our church's baptism service. I got my own locker in the baptismal changing area. <laughs> but here's the point he makes. He says, he began growing in Christ and in the traits of godliness. His doubts and his fears began to go away. They began to melt into faith and confidence. His growing maturity and stability led to growing confidence and security. And today he'll be glad to tell you how he knows without a doubt that he's going to heaven. Listen, if you truly repent of your sins and you trusted in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for your salvation, the Bible says you're saved. The very growth you experience in Christ will provide reassurance that you're born again. And as you grow in the eight qualities Peter describes, you won't stumble into doubting your salvation because you'll be drawing from the divine power and you'll be standing on his precious promises. His very personality will surge through you to create the qualities that will give you stability and security in your life. There's not many places in the Bible where the word never is in a more important place than in this passage. If you do these things, you will never stumble. By the grace of God, we should say to the Lord, if that's what it takes, sign me up. Amen. So here's the last one. Godly maturity, growing productivity, greater clarity, grateful memory, genuine stability, guaranteed security, and the last one is glorious eternity. Here's what Peter says in verses 10 and 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter isn't suggesting that we get into the Lord's kingdom by building character in our lives. We can't work our way to heaven on our own merit or by our own effort. Instead, Peter is saying that if we diligently add these spiritual qualities to our Christian lives, we'll be given a rich and abundant entrance into eternity. One writer said, believers in Christ are secure whether they add Christian character or not. What is at stake here is not kingdom entrance, but abundant kingdom entrance. Some years ago, I wrote a book called Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World. And in that book, I compared heaven to a safe and pleasant harbor. 
Throughout our lives, we sail Godward toward that harbor, moving through the storms and the rocks that lurk in the waves. And some ships barely make it into port. The crew is exhausted almost to mutiny. The sails are torn. Supplies are low. The ship has sprung a leak. It's not exactly a hail the conquering hero kind of arrival. But we don't have to float into harbor with our sails down and our spirits defeated. Peter is telling us that diligent believers are like attentive captains and sailors. They sail with discipline, manning the watchtower, maintaining the ship, keeping the morale high among the crew. Storms will come, but God has given us what we need to come through each one. In other words, you can go to heaven and just go to heaven. Or you can go to heaven victoriously because you've walked with God, you've built your life in character, you've been serious about your Christian faith, and you can walk in with your hands up high. Amen. So there you have this wonderful list of blessings. Seven things God wants to do in your life if you commit yourself to these things. Over 20 years ago, I was stricken with stage four lymphoma cancer. When I was first diagnosed, I went to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and there I underwent major surgery. I can tell you, even today, th these many years later, I still remember almost everything that happened during that time. And especially my initial moments when I returned to my home in San Diego. As soon as we arrived, I walked in. I had been cut open from stem to stern. And I, I wasn't all that feeling good. And so I found my way to my favorite recliner in our little living room. And within a few moments, Donna brought me a stack of letters and get well cards that had come while we were away. On top of the pile was a book that was given to me by the publisher. Before I tell you about this book, I want to tell you what was going through my mind that day as I came home. I was asking God a lot of questions. I had gotten past the why question, and I was concentrating on the what questions, like what am I supposed to learn from this frightening experience, or what's going to happen in the future, or what do you want me to do going forward? What does all of this mean? The book on the top of the pile of cards had this intriguing title, The Life God Blesses. It was written by a man named Gordon McDonald, a man I had met and greatly admired. As I read that book, I couldn't help but think that the publisher didn't send me that book. God sent me that book. It was just the right message, and I was in just the right place to read it prayerfully and carefully. In the front of that book was a story I never have forgotten. The story involves an American yachtsman named Michael Plant, 41 years old, an experienced sailor with over 100,000 miles at sea. Plant started sailing when he was nine years old and he held the record for the fastest solo circumnavigation by an American. On October 16th, 1992, 
Michael Plant sailed out of New York Harbor bound for France. His 60-foot sailboat, the Coyote, was top of the line. Its design, its hull, its materials, its fabrication, its equipment, and its comfort were unparalleled. But something went terribly wrong. Within two weeks, Plant was missing and his radio frequencies were silent. Authorities began searching the vast North Atlantic. Airline pilots listened for emergency signals. Ships in the area kept a constant lookout. Plant's friends felt growing apprehension. Finally, the coyote was spotted, floating upside down, 450 miles northwest of the Azores Islands. Plant's fellow sailors were mystified. You see, sailboats normally don't capsize because they're designed with a ballast beneath the waterline, a weight bolted to the bottom of the ship to keep it upright. They're built to take a pounding and then, like a child's punching balloon, they right themselves after every blow. The coyote was designed with a ballast that weighed 8,400 pounds, but it was missing. What happened to it is a mystery to this day. Some sailors believe it was sheared off by debris in the sea, or maybe even by a passing whale. But the boat's hull shows no signs of that kind of damage. Others think it was bolted on not strongly enough. Most experts believe the ballast was damaged while Plant was preparing for his journey when the boat became mired in mud and had to be dragged out. These experts think the ballast was weakened at that point and then dislodged by the winds and the storms and the currents. But whatever the reason, without the ballast to hold it steady through troubled waters, the boat capsized and Plant's body was never found. The lesson is clear. The life of godliness is not built out in the open. It's nurtured trait by trait, gift by gift, just as Peter explains. There are storms ahead for all of us. If we ignore the quiet but essential traits outlined in these messages, we're headed for troubled waters without the ballast of God's gifts to stabilize us. The qualities you need to get through these storms and get to heaven triumphantly are available to you in abundance and God has given you everything you need. The only question is, what are you doing with those precious qualities? How are you doing with adding these qualities to your life? You see, as you add these qualities to your life, you're building the ballast underneath your life, the underwater part of who you are that nobody ever sees but you know. And when the storm comes, if you've built that ballast to balance what's going on out here, you will get through the storm and you will stay upright. But if all you do is build what everybody sees and you don't work on the underlying stuff, you will get to the war and it'll be over. My wonderful friends, there needs to be more to you and me than meets the eye. Down below the waterline, deep in our hearts, we need to carry the ballast of God's power and his promise and his purposes. This is the gravity of his grace that keeps us steady in the storm. So my prayer for all of us today is this. May God bless and keep us in his promises forever. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. 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 
Well, tomorrow we're going to have the interview that captures the essence of this whole series. I did this interview with Sheila Walsh. We played it at the beginning. Uh, We like to do those at the front and back of these series because it gives you perspective. When you first hear it, you don't know what we're going to talk about. When you hear it the second time, it brings back the things we've discussed, and I hope it will be helpful and encouraging to you. It's a great interview. Sheila is a wonderful interviewer, so you want to make sure to listen to that tomorrow. Then on Friday... We begin a new series called Courage to Conquer. Yes, we're trying our very best to put material on the radio right now that will be an encouragement to you and a strength to you and a help to you. These are difficult days, and the Bible is ready to encourage us. Uh, These are some of the passages in the Scripture that have really blessed me. Uh, One time I was going to call this passages that pump me up, but I won't do that. These are passages called Courage to Conquer beginning on Friday. I hope you join us tomorrow and Friday as we go forward to the end of this week. Thank you for listening. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. We love hearing how God uses Turning Point, so please write to us. Turning Point, Post Office Box 3838, San Diego, California, 92163. Or visit our website at davidjeremiah.org forward slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.org slash radio. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Mediterranean Sea Rules, 10 God-Given Strategies for Moving Forward. This helpful resource is yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet, or search in your app store for Turning Point Ministries so that you can access our content. Visit davidjeremiah.org forward slash radio for details. I'm Gary Hoogfleet. Join us tomorrow for an encore of Sheila Walsh's interview with Dr. David Jeremiah on his series, Everything You Need.